Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. My name is Robert Hughes and I'm your host. Today, we're going to talk with Michelle Wheatley. She's a behind-the-chair stylist, owner of two salons, and a business advisor to hairdressers across the country. Uh, Michelle, will you, would you introduce yourself a little? Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Michelle, obviously, and I've been a hairstylist for 19 years. Um, I loved being behind the chair. I actually never envisioned myself being a salon owner because I just enjoyed the experience of serving my clients so much. But I had an opportunity back in 2014 to open a salon, which then turned into, at the time, prior to COVID, three salons, um, mostly independent stylists. Our vision was to um, be as supportive as we could in a independent stylist, you know, environment. So, you know, we provide a booking system. I worked a lot on marketing, um, client retention, different things that I didn't get to benefit from. I felt in an independent salon environment, I have always been booth rental. Um, And after COVID and everything that happened, we started really working on how can we even support our stylists more, which has turned into this coaching and advising program. Okay. So how long have you uh, been doing the uh, coaching and business advising for? So on social media, since earlier this year, obviously with the stylists, since we opened the salons, but the program has was developed early this year. And then we're working on obviously with the analytics part, develop it, developing it into an app early next year. Okay, cool. Um, and when, and your, um, this uh, program that you created, was it originally designed for independent stylists, uh, since that's what you uh, work with a lot? Or is it for salon owners as a salon owner? So it was originally designed to help my stylists understand the outcomes of the decisions that they made in their business, um, shifting the mindset away from just making more money, but the quality of money that they're being able to make, um, being able to have certain services that we know produce more money for the time that you spend in that category um, and balance that out with maybe some of your other services that are lower in your hourly um, contribution and then even limiting how much product you're using. So it was very simple in its um, you know, the beginning of it, it ended up turning into something a little bit more complex now where we could compile the data for a commission salon owner, because they can actually use the same system that an independent stylist would be able to use to monitor that performance. It would just be obviously, you know, for multiple people and may potentially even weigh um, different performance against each other within the salon for more than just gross sales, client retention, rebooking, retail sales. You know, we add some more KPIs in there to make it really the most impactful for the business. So again, either one it would be useful for. Okay. And um, how many, uh, are all of the stylists that work in your salon, are they all independent? Are there any of them? uh, So we did have commission originally um, as part of the model, but only really to help stylists that weren't built be able to do that without the financial obligation. And now we have so much salon overflow that like we had a new stylist come from LA and opened up her book. She went right on booth rent and she's fully booked just because the salon overflow is so much from all the other stylists. 
So it just didn't serve us well to keep that because obviously monetarily it would hold back the stylist if they were on commission. She's an experienced stylist. She really didn't need that much of our help. So um, at this point, not with those business, the businesses currently. We may eventually open up another location that is commission based so that we can, you know, teach, teach a little bit more about how to build the business before they go out. But that's what we have now. Okay. And, um, uh, are, are most or all of your stylists, uh, do you work with them, uh, using this program, um, to help them be successful? Yes. So I create, um, the product calculator, which allows them to set a threshold of how much product is going to be included in each service. Um, my program uses a percentage threshold. So let's say if the service was $175 and we set your threshold at 10%, you wouldn't include more than $17.50 in product. And the calculator, you would input what your service total is and your threshold, and it would tell you based on how much product you used, when and if you needed to charge more so that you're not losing out on that. Okay. Really on your revenue by, you know, $10 a day works out to $2,550 a year if you're working five days a week, 50 weeks a year. And obviously being independent, these stylists need to pay for retirement, time off, you know, um, sick time, all of these things that they could be losing just by not charging for that extra $10 an hour. So that's part of it. Um, the other part of it really is just education. Most of it. Um they keep all of their own books. We do anal, you know, do the analysis with them. Um, but yeah, they all use some portion of the system to be able to analyze their business, depending something on where they Something that you said that I thought uh, sounded interesting was uh, if you if you use more product, you should charge more. Uh, but like knowing what to charge, I know uh, in pretty much every salon and every senior stylist that I've known coming up in the industry uh, has always just been like, oh, uh, I I did a flat iron wave to her hair. Do I charge extra for that? And they're like, yeah, you charge extra. I'm like, how much? 20 bucks, 10 bucks. And I'm like, why? And they're like, they don't have an answer. Or yes. but with color, it's like, oh, I had to use an extra tube. I'll add $10. But uh, even in a commission salon, you're like, so the salon gets half of that. So I get five bucks, an extra five bucks. Uh, and that doesn't even charge, uh, cover the cost of the color because yeah. in, in that commission sense. And, um, but yeah, I could see how, if you're independent, having some sort of formula like that. So well, that's in a commission cool. salon, that additional product charge would be a non-commissionable amount. So that would actually go on as a retail non-taxable item. And you wouldn't be paid on that. So then yeah. you, you wouldn't be doing that. So there is a way to look at it from a commission side of it. There's actually several different ways that can be looked at it from a commission standpoint um, that I've done working with other commission salon owners. But that's, um, I think that the mindset around it, just creating a cause and effect of being able to see that. Even if in the beginning you don't charge extra, but you see the outcome of the choices that you make, that's actually more important in the beginning than anything. I think that that's really, um, we chat a little bit before, but when, 
when you leave school, the reason why you're not prepared out of cosmetology school is because you haven't seen enough outcomes. You haven't seen enough outcomes of whatever it is that you're doing, right? We learn out of error why you don't cut over the ear in an A-line because of creating those holes. But until you actually do it and you don't, and then you don't do it and you see where the angle is, you really don't understand the why you don't understand it. And so um, in the business, even with just having the analytics there, you're able to see, you know, again, just even with the calculator, maybe I don't charge for the extra product, but when I see how much product now is going out from one client to the next, maybe I need to either not charge, you know, if I'm not going to charge for the extra product, maybe I need to figure out a different way in my menu to a lot for this type of service. If they don't fit into this category that I can limit my product to, maybe I need to have another category for them. Maybe now they're a specialty color and that comes with this much more product for that client. So rethinking it, it doesn't have to be one size fits all across the board, but we do have to bring awareness to the things that are costing us and affecting our business. All right, cool. So, um, uh, let's jump into uh, the different clients. So we know we talked about working with salons and working with um, suite stylists. Uh, do you work with any uh, directly one-on-one with any salon stylists that are yep. commission-based salons? At a commission so based salon? with the commission owners. So okay. I, um, I eventually the goal is that the education would be able to be used to train the commission stylists, but I need more experience with the owners because it's obviously different when you're speaking to an independent stylist about their business versus a commission stylist. Um, the approach with the commission stylist would be, um, you know, showing them on their side based on their, pricing schedule and their physical behind this chair hours, what their estimated annual revenue would look like, you know, based on these given variables of looking at their analytics. So after they're in, you know, in the salon and built up, we really want to um, show them on their side, but it's going to be after they've been commissioned, right? Not based on their gross revenue. Or with a stylist, it's going to be based on their gross revenue. So it does need a little bit more adaptation when it comes to the education part for an individual commission stylist. Um, but the tools are there for the commission salon owner to be able to analyze the commission stylist. Okay. And um, would you say, like, what are the most common challenges uh, that you run into? Just like, because I'm sure... Um, I'm sure the people listening that are interested in uh, have ever thought, considered bringing on an, a, biz, a business advisor or a coach, um, they're going to want to know, like, you know, how how is this going to help me get ahead? Am I ultimately going to make more money? Um, so when you're working with somebody to help them achieve their goals, whatever those are, what what are the most common things that you tend to run into with the different groups of uh, individuals? So, and this is leading into this course creation that would be essentially um, like an uh, introductory class, you know, like a homeroom class where you're preparing people to actually learn. The issue is that the foundational concepts of establishing and operating a business from what it actually looks like structure and system wise and mindset are not there. 
Because even within, let's say, a commission salon environment, you're not coached to be strategic in the type of clients that you're taking on. Because that gross revenue, that dollar amount, I need you to make this amount, this is your dollar goal. We're not looking at the quality of this, you know, strategy behind what we're doing with clients, how we're building them. It's kind of like get seats in your chair. And if you have to discount so-and-so, you know, cousin or mother or friend of a friend, that's how many of us look at building our business. The problem is, is that that mindset at some point when you're ready to treat it like a business has to turn. We can't be thinking in those same terms that maybe we did in the beginning to build our business just to be able to get to the, you know, get the experience. Like, let's say, okay, in the beginning, we discount because it is part of our learning process. But at what point do we leave that mindset behind and be able to approach our clients that maybe have stuck with us for five or six, seven years and say, I can't do this. Now this is a bulk of my business. And I've essentially created this dynamic in my business that I'm not really running a business. And, you know, we don't walk into a target and ask them like, okay, how much can, how much are you willing to give me this for? You know, this basket of products when we go to the the checkout, right? But that's honestly a little bit of what the mindset is behind the stylist and not just the independent in the commission salon environment as well. And this is where commission salon owners see that their stylists aren't charging for add-ons. They're not charging for that extra toner and they're losing money because they're lowering the productivity of the revenue, right? The hour, how much they can make in an hour of a stuff, you know, off of a stylist and what the stylist can make and increasing their overhead because there was more product used. And it's literally a double whammy. The commission stylist is doing it and the independent stylist is doing it. So that is the struggle is literally getting these people out of the mindset of that. This is not the way that you can create a sustainable business. So basically, uh, just correct me if I'm wrong to sum up what you're saying is uh, the biggest challenge is that as stylists build their books, they're doing, they're like doing favors and giving discounts uh, and effectively not charging their worth or charging for their time or, you know, all these different sayings that we see a lot on Instagram. Uh, that's interesting. Um, so what, what is it? Uh, and I totally get it. Cause like, I definitely have people on my book that I'm like, uh, I will like, I want to take care of, um, give a little extra, maybe do like a conditioning treatment for them for a complimentary charge, or maybe, uh, throw in like a gloss or something like while they're, if they come in, especially if they come in early, uh, usually for me, that's, um, that's like a time, uh, uh, something because I'm running behind or I want to like keep someone at the bowl a little longer, or if it's somebody who like gives me a lot of, uh, uh, referrals. Um, but, but I, I actually, um, we, you know, we work with a lot of people that have this, um, have the same challenge. So, uh, I'm sure that a lot of us, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm sure a lot of us could relate to having people who you take care of and they take a lot more time than what you're getting paid for. And if you want to increase your book, you know that something's got to give because there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, so what is um, what tips and advice 
uh, usually help? Like how, what are, what are one or two ways that you help stylists kind of understand uh, and get over that hurdle? So when I said the, you know, our experience comes from seeing outcomes, the problem is, is that we're not seeing the outcome of these decisions. And that's the lack of analytics, right? If every time we offered a service, a complimentary service, we rung it out as zero dollars, just so that we could see how many times we're doing that in any given month. And I'm not saying don't do it anymore. Like I'm, I think that it's still a great business building tool, a marketing tool. I did several friends for a discount, but they all for years, but they always brought me new clients always. So it was like, I would be paying for that marketing in another way. And for me, that was the way that I chose to, but what is the limit? Because you have to have a budget for these things. So let's say after we analyze somebody's business and we see, you know, all of these different areas that are costing them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars by the time that we analyze it, what is my monthly budget going to be for giveaways? What is my month monthly budget going to be for a discount? Um, you know, um, where am I going to create boundaries for myself so that I can have a predictable business? The problem with not having any budget for color for about what your estimated average per hour productivity is going to be for how much your giveaways are going to be. You don't know what you're going to make in a year. You have no way then to plan for additional bills. You have no way to plan for if you're going to buy a house. I mean, you can use a tax return, but honestly, for a lot of people, a tax return is not that accurate because they're fluffing it up with other business costs that really are kind of a cost of being an independent owner, but not really those types, those things that we're talking about, right? So they're never really going to see the outcome of the decisions that they're making. If I can show you based on what it looks like your books are looking like, like if I say, okay, you should have a 10% threshold on this for a product, which in a month should be, let's say $600, but we know you spent a thousand dollars, that's $400 a month right there. If I can say, see that you didn't charge for again, $500 worth of services in that month, now you've got $900 a month between those two it's going to bring awareness. So that's what this is all about. And I don't ever want anybody to feel that they can't still run their business with the passion and the, you know, choices that they want to make for their clients that way. You should be able to do that, but you should also understand what the cost, you know, what the cost is, because I think a lot of stylists get burnt out feeling like they're not being valued, but in some way they've actually set themselves up to not be valued but they don't really understand where it's coming from. So. Cool. So uh, it's almost like, uh, I just keep thinking about the concept of like negative space. Like the, you know, if you're, if you're giving, if you're bringing in somebody, they take an hour, they uh, you only charge them 20 bucks, but the average ticket price is say a hundred bucks, that negative space right there. That's basically opportunity cost of $80. So showing them that showing them the data, uh, but I like the idea of friends and family discount, uh, friends and family, just kind of clients, whatever, like how much time you spend uh, in the chair and having a budget, uh, budget of time and money um, or, or either or. But I really like that idea. That's pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah. So it's like, okay, I've only, I've taken this many discounts on my books this month. That's my limit. So then you're able to then not feel this negative energy when you're offering this, because it does create a lot of feeling not valued. So if you can say, okay, no, like I'm not going to allow, I'm going to view it from this different place. I'm going to put it in a system where this is what I allow. And it's a choice that I've made in my business to allow this, but only to the certain degree. So then it's going to make you think about the next time somebody who may want to get in with you, that's asking for a discount. And you're like, no, I'm already at my limit. I'm sorry. Like I can only take so many discounted services within a given time frame, or I'm not able to operate my business this way. And it creates um, boundaries without you feeling like you're being the bad guy, because that's, Absolutely. so that's, we're going back to that mindset, right? Um, and I did a live yesterday about it. So there is this subconscious mindset that when you give a client something without charging them for it, you're, you value them as a client more and you're a nice stylist, right? You're a caring stylist and we're all competing in our minds some way for like self identity, self-preservation. So when we create this mindset that we're good when we discount and offer more than we should, and we're bad when we don't, it's a struggle within us to actually follow through and charge what we should be charging a client. When you can say, no, I'm both. I'm both the stylist that needs to charge what my prices are and the stylist that can offer discounts, but they both have to be on my terms and within what will work for my business. That's so good. I think, uh, I think this is a great place to uh, wrap it up, but that this has been uh, really good for, um, for, I think a lot of people. Uh, so what uh, I think next time we'll talk about uh, getting into some of, some of the other topics that you uh, discuss regularly or with your, with your, uh, with your people that you uh, help advise their business. Um, but until next time, uh, thank you so much uh, for coming and um, I'll Thanks talk so to you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.